Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the J-Rod Concerts podcast. This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Uh, welcome to everybody, to all the new listeners. We talk to everybody in the music industry here. We up-and-coming artists, established legends, tour managers, producers, and everyone in the world revolving around country, rock and roll, and everything we love, music. So today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is a hit song machine. His name is Ian McConnell. He is the grand prize winner of Nashville Rising Star. He's had a bunch of singles. He was born in Georgia, raised in Virginia, started performing since he was four years old. So music is definitely in his DNA. Uh, his latest single, Bad Idea, has been on about six or seven Spotify editorial playlists, you know, including Next from Nashville, Wild Country, Breakout Country, you know, New Music Nashville, Young Music City. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on coming out of Music City, Tennessee. Ian, in addition to everything, is absolutely hysterical. He's so funny. He's such a funny guy. So uh, personable, as you will find out in the interview. He is also very smart. He's a uh, he double majored in math and music. Um, he and he and his music series is is actually really good. He he did a couple special projects that he'll talk about. Uh, one of them he wrote he, as part of a project called the Laundry Room mixtapes, in which he recorded the songs in the laundry room of his house. And there were some really really good tunes coming out of those sessions, like the reason, burn with it, and so on and so forth. Um, if you have any more questions or you want to find out more about Ian McConnell, make sure you do at Ian McConnell Music. Uh, and, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is an interview with the one and only Ian McConnell. Yeah, dude, absolutely. It's funny. Like everybody at the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing these interviews and people were really struggling, myself included. It's like, oh, I think I have the wrong thing. The filter came up. The mute came on. Now everybody's like a pro. Everyone exactly. Is- I know. We've all, we've all developed a super special skill. <laughs> Absolutely, man. How you doing? How's, how's, your, uh, how's your day going, Ian? Uh, it's been good. So this week, I was supposed to be uh, at the beach in North Carolina with my family. Nice. But the hurricane came through. So, ah. And it demolished the beach that we were going to. So... I am currently uh, staying with my parents at their place in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, nice. We have some cousins coming down to, to visit um, here later this afternoon. That's awesome, so, Ian. Yeah, so we're, we're well-versed here in Florida with hurricanes damaging our plants. So, uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Where in Florida are you? I'm in basically Miami-Dade County, like between okay. Fort Lauderdale and Miami. A little yes, town called okay. Aventura. But Great. anyway, Ian, well, thank you so much for your time. Let me introduce you to my audience. You are... Okay. A hit-making machine, Ian. That's how I would describe you. You are like, um, like a vending machine that you put in a couple quarters and country music is getting hit songs out of you. You're unbelievable the way you crank them out. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I will like, I'll write that on my tombstone. 
I bet you will. Yeah, I mean, some of them, the latest ones, you know, how do we do this and bad idea, of course, those are like the the ones that are like really hot right now. Let me just gush for you for my audience. Single bad idea has been added to six Spotify editorial playlists just in the first two weeks of release, um, including Wild Country, Breakout Country, Young Music City, whole bunch of stuff. So you're a very critically acclaimed artist. Everyone loves you, man. So much buzz with your music. So thanks for your time, dude. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Cool, cool. So let's get to it. I do want to ask you a little bit about your beginning, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned that you're in South Carolina. You mentioned that you were going to North Carolina. Um, where, where, where does your musical DNA come from? Is your family musical, like growing up in the Carolinas, in Virginia? Where, where does it come from? Yeah, so I was actually, I was born in Georgia. Both of my parents, my parents met in college where they were both music majors. My mom was studying piano. My dad was studying cello. Yeah. Um, so they met there and uh, I think my mom was playing accompaniment for the opera and my dad was singing in the opera. So they met like that. So it's there you go. a whole nice music story. Um, and my mom is a piano teacher. So she started teaching me when I was four. Uh, we moved to Virginia from Georgia when I was six. Okay. Um, I finished growing up in Virginia, started playing cello when I was nine. Um, ended up going to college for cello, but I was in several rock bands and stuff in high school and middle school. Uh, all bad. We were all, we were very bad, um, but we had fun and I wrote a bunch of music and that was all bad too. Um, but in college, I, I put out a record um, under a stage name, Mac Russell, uh, because I, uh, I decided Ian McConnell wasn't a good enough name for indie rock when I was 17. So I was Mac Russell and I put out a record, which again was bad. Uh, and then I moved to Nashville uh, just for a summer in college. And I was like, wow, I'm bad. I have to work and get better. So I, uh, I, I moved to Nashville officially after I graduated and just wrote all the time with everybody. Um, and uh, I, I just, you know, figured out what worked by just doing it over and over and over. And eventually I was like, I need some demos, but I don't have enough money to afford them. So I'm just going to start producing all my own stuff. So I started producing demos just for myself, just demoing every single thing that I could think of that I had in my catalog. And eventually I was like, I'm just going to start putting stuff out and just kind of see what happens. And I put a couple songs out and nothing happened. And then the third song was a song called Burn With It, which ended up getting picked yeah. up on Wild Country um, and some other country playlists on Spotify. Um, and then it's all been, you know, just going up from there. Amazing, dude. Amazing. Wow, a lot to unwrap there. Um, okay, so when you, you mentioned that, like, you started writing songs when you were young. Maybe when you were 12, actually, I read somewhere. 12, Do you yeah. have those writings somewhere, Ian? Like, like are, are they, like, you know, in your Hall of Fame kind of thing? Like, for when you go into Country <laughs> Music Hall of Fame? Uh, I do have them. They are sitting under my studio desk at home. Um, That's cool. Just the, uh, the notebooks. I, I wrote on paper until just a couple years ago for the first, yeah. you know, 10, 11 years. Um, so I have all the lyrics. Uh, I don't remember how most of them go, um, but looking at the lyrics, I'm like, oh man, I was, I was really into, when I started writing, I was really into like hard rock and metal. So I was into Avenged Sevenfold and AFI and yeah. all these like, almost like borderline screamy bands. Um, so a lot of my early stuff is kind of that really dark angsty emo stuff. 
that's cool. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those bands because I saw one of your shows that you were, I mean, online, that you were opening for Avi Anderson at The Analog in Nashville. Yeah. And you were wearing a My Chemical Romance t-shirt. And, and of course, I, I got into this rabbit hole of your musical influences and a very interesting mix, right? Because, of course, you have the country parts, the Rascal Flats and that kind of thing. Mm. But definitely a lot of Blink-182 that I loved back in my day as well. Uh, you know, Billy Joel you have in there. You have some, uh, you know, Eminem. Oh, so, yeah. So just like a really unique, and it comes across in your very unique style of music, Ian. So let me ask you this. What edge do you think that you have, or is it an edge, by having all these ingredients into who you are as an artist? Well, a lot of it, like, you know, each of those artists have something that made them stand out. They were very, none of those artists were trying to be like, oh, what's popular? Let's copy that. They were just like, what do I like? Yeah. Okay, let's make that. Um, and so, of course, Rascal Flats, you know, has that like the first like real country boy band kind of sound, which is super cool. And Billy Joel is just a songwriting genius. Eminem, maybe the greatest, greatest rhymer ever. Yeah. And also, you know, unequivocally himself. Um, <laughs> yes. So that I think the biggest, the biggest thing is with all of those, just listening to each thing and being like, okay, this is unique because they really – they lived this or they meant this or they took this thing that was already popular and made it their own somehow. So I think a lot of it is really just listening for the authenticity and pushing that instead of trying to be, you know, something. I spent a lot of time right when I moved to Nashville trying to write like mainstream country music, just like, okay, this yeah. is songs about trucks. Here we go. Of course, I, I don't <laughs> drive a truck. I drive a Chevy Malibu. So it, I was very bad right. at that. Um, <laughs> right. but the authenticity is I think what <laughs> what I'm taking out of all that sure 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 um okay yeah that's funny I want to ask you about when you move into Nashville but but let me ask you this as well because you mentioned that you you majored in um in uh, in cello and math too or I read that you majored in math I'm I'm, I'm wondering if, if that comes handy for you right like are, are you like your own tour manager are you like your own your own you know expense manager of that whole thing I, I am my own expense manager and stuff. Uh, I do have a, someone who does a lot of management stuff for me as well. Um, but a lot of that is mostly in the way that I think to create things. I'm very logic minded from, you know, the math thing. And I really like puzzles and stuff like that. And I see every song is like both the writing. It's like, it's a puzzle. Okay. We're here's the general idea. We're trying to get to this line. How do we get from the exposition to this line in the most logical, succinct way that's also catchy. And then when you go to production, you're like, okay, we're missing this part of the frequency. You know, what can we do to fill that up? Uh, maybe we open spaces here. Uh, the orchestration is very logical and, and rational while still, you know, being creative. And in uh, kind of the, the Nashville sphere, I'm surrounded by so many creatives, um, yeah. which is amazing. They, you know, they're incredible creators. Um, but I, just, I have a little bit of a different perspective coming from this like logic-based, rational perspective. Right, right, fascinating. Yeah. I actually have not heard that angle, right? But, um, but it's very interesting. Um, and mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about when you, when you moved to Nashville, right? Because obviously that's the rite of passage and everyone's got like, oh my God, I gotta start my 10 year, I gotta start paying my dues, my 10 year dues in Nashville or whatever. Mm -hmm. And is it intimidating the, the, the level of talent you mentioned that that, that it's pretty intense uh, is, is it a welcoming town how was your experience moving to, to Nashville yeah uh, so I, I spent 
one summer there the year before I graduated college. Um, right. And I just, I did all the open mic circuits and stuff like that. And so I, I ended up actually not seeing like the great talents because I spent so much time at the open mics just trying to be like, get my music heard because my music is better. And that was incorrect. Um, mm -hmm. So when I moved for real, I started going to the rounds with the up and comers and, you know, going to real concerts of really successful people and just viewing people who were better and just trying to like, you know, meet them without pestering them, meet them and be like, cool, tell me your story. How did things go for you? What worked for you? Um, it, so it was intimidating, but also there were so many different, when I was talking to people, there were so many different paths to, you know, what one would call success. And I was yeah. like, all right, they just, they took what they do and they just do it unequivocally. Um, yeah. And so really, I, th I think it was more inspiring than, than uh, intimidating. That's awesome. That's great, man. That's great to hear. I mean, it comes through in your music. You basically, you've released a song a month since May of last year. Correct. Basically. So over a year now. Um, all written, some co-written, but you, like you said, you produce, master, that, all that whole good stuff yourself. Uh, Jesus, Ian, that's amazing. What's the secret to like being so prolific at, at this? Like, I mean, some bands, like, I, I don't know, for, like, like I, I guess you too, the, got the posters in the back. They take like four years to write a song. And it's frustrating for everyone, but they're like, ah, oh, it takes us, you know, we, we, it, 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 we, it's gotta be the right song. You are a, and you're a machine. What's, what's the secret there? That's a great question. Uh, I don't know that there is a secret. Um, mostly, uh, I just do things and live life. And then you're like, all right, well, how does that make me feel? And then, okay, well, how do I make other people feel like that? And then you write it and you're like, well, that was awesome or it was terrible, you know, I'll go through and I'll write 15 terrible songs or 30 terrible songs in a row. And I'll be like, I've totally lost it. But then you get that one, you're like, oh, this is next level. Um, and so, you know, then you go, I go to the other side of my bedroom and produce it all and, you know, record all the guitars and piano yeah. and drums and all that stuff. Um, and then you go, okay, that was awesome. Like, what's next? And then, cause you get to release that into the world and promote it and people listen to it. And that's so cool. I'm still, it still boggles my mind that people I don't know hear my music. That is, you know, a crazy thing to me. Um, but you know, you do that and you promote it and you're like, cool. What next? You know? Yeah. Cause there's always more to do. And it's so fun that it's, uh, it can feel like work when it's, uh, when things are not coming, but every once in a while you get a streak of like three or four in a row. We are like, these are great. Yes. This is what I want to say. Um, and that, you know, that's, that's the big thing. Whatever, what, what you want to say is the most important, I think. Ian, that's so cool that, that you're blowing my mind. I actually, I think with you, I found the secret sauce to like the perfect hit making musician. We need the, the, like the, the blend of creativity that you have with a little bit of logic that you have. That's it. We can't have sure. the extremes, right? So I think mm -hmm. that like the, the government needs to, you know, like go all over, I don't know, NASA, and like the science institutes and like find creative, good looking chaps like you and like just plug them out and put them in Nashville. And make, make music, rocket scientists. <laughs> exactly. That's I actually amazing. did want to be, when I was all growing up, I wanted to be an astrophysicist. Um, I was really into space, did like a year long uh, astronomy project about properties of a specific type of variable star. I was gonna go major in physics and astros engineering in college but then i ended up doing cello instead and now here i am making music no but but you're using it in a way because the lyrics to your songs are very perfect and it's like i, I think that you figured out the human emotion 
and you're just like going at it. I love it. Anyway, sorry to diverge there. Um, okay, so the first batch of songs that you released since May of, of, of last year, uh, they were part of this in really interesting project called the Laundry Room Mixtapes. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Ian? Tell my audience a little bit about that. I do. <laughs> uh, my first, before I moved, I, uh, from basic roommate situations, I've been in the same house for a couple years, just over two years. Um, but when I first moved in, I took the laundry room because my one of my roommates was a producer um, or still is a producer. So he took this big studio um, and I had the little laundry room off the side of it. And I wasn't really producing. I was just starting to learn. and I didn't think it was going to be, you know, something I did all the time. So I set up this tiny little studio in the laundry room. Uh, and then when I started releasing stuff, it all I mean, everything was recorded and produced in the laundry room. So I was like, all right, it's coming out of the laundry room. The laundry room mixes it is. Um, and then once it became more of a, a thing, we had a roommate move out and new one move in. And I ended up switching to a different bedroom that had a larger space on one side. So I moved all the studio stuff in there. And so it felt like I couldn't call it the laundry room mixes anymore because it wasn't coming from the laundry room. Um, but I have lots of fondness for the tiny laundry room in which I started making music. Yeah. How's the, how's the audio? It came out surprisingly well, right? Uh, it came out well. I mean, I go back and listen now and I'm like, wow, I did not know anything about production or mix or anything, but I was just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and some of it worked. Um, it was okay. I, uh, you know, I just put up some soundproofing on the walls yeah. um, and, you know, a rug on the floor and some blankets on the back wall and it was fine. Um, I would not, it certainly was not a professional quality studio room. I mean, it was, you know, probably 30 square feet. So it yeah. was small. I, I, I think they sound great. I mean, and, and you listen to like the, the reason Burn With It. These are, I, I would encourage my audience. In fact, I'll put them in the description. These are great songs to start with. Uh, just really good stuff. Burn With It specifically blew up like astron astronomically. I wanted to ask you, Ian, like, you know, what's the feeling that a song that you made in, in a laundry room out of your creativity that you mixed is being played to in the first months to, you know, 150,000 people? How does it, across, you know, the, the country and the world, what, how does that feel like? It's, um, I have to remind myself how many people that is a lot of times, you know, I, yeah. when things, you know, when things get added to playlists and they get saved a lot of times, I'm like, that is, you know, that could fill, you know, concert hall stadiums. Like that's so many people. Um, and it's, it's very kind of, you know, I'm still very early in my career and it's already feels like a surreal experience. Yeah. No, no, I mean, we, we love having you because I know where you're going and it's like, I want to, you know, I'm proud that we're having you in this point in your career. So that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Ian. And, um, okay. So, so that's that project. And then you have another really interesting batch of batch of, of these songs. It's called the fire sauce tapes, right? It certainly and for, is. And for all those of us, uh, people who claim to be health nuts in public, but we're really always in the drive-thru of Taco Bell. The, uh, the Taco Bell fire sauce is, is a, a delicious delicacy that inspired you to write this, uh, this project. Uh, tell us a little bit about why the name of the project, Ian, and then we'll talk about a few of the songs. Sure. So the fire <laughs> sauce tapes came from every morning that I, I released a song. So I would do it the first Friday of, of every month. Every morning I would, we have a, I live near a shopping center and there's a Taco Bell there. And every morning before the whole pandemic thing happened, I would walk to Taco Bell and get a breakfast burrito from Taco Bell on that Friday morning. And I was like, ah, 
I've released a song, I can eat this really unhealthy thing, but it's delicious. And I'm gonna douse it in fire sauce. And I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of like the, the I'm still kind of doing the do it yourself thing. Uh, it involves a lot of Taco Bell and fire sauce. Um, to me, they, they were linked and therefore that's what they are. I, I needed a new, a new series and uh, I like the, the kind of the spicy imagery of. No, the imagery is perfect. And of course Thank it you. sounds goofy, but the songs are not goofy. The songs are really, are really like straight on. Can't wait, didn't feel a thing. You know, really good. Specifically, they're, they're joyful. They're very playful. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't feel a thing. It's a great song. Uh, I think we can mm -hmm. all relate, honestly. Even, even us divorced folks, we can relate. Mm -hmm. the, the ones that are in that level. Seeing that old flame kind of thing. Um, are some of these songs, Ian, based on experience from you? Or, or like, do you get into a character? Almost like, all of them are based on experience. I, uh, I, I have difficulty forming... Every time... And I don't know if it will come across that way, but when I write something that's just like a story about something that I haven't experienced or my friends haven't experienced, it, it, it could come off like, it just feels inauthentic when I do it. Um, yeah. So most of them are based on experiences or just like imaginative, um, like extensions of things that are happening to me. Like I've got a song from, that I put out in January called Car Wreck. Um, and I really did, I was stuck in traffic and I looked at this person. I was like, that is a really attractive person. I'll probably never see that person again. And then I just was like, kind of thinking about that for a while. I was like, what if that's like the love of my life in this car and I'm Jeez. never going to see them again. And so then I ended up writing this whole song about, you know, that strange imaginative fantasy, but then didn't feel a thing is a hundred percent true. How do we do this? Bad idea. Um, also, Bad idea is, I mean, every word of that is true. Same with 17, um, her heart, yeah. the, the most recent several. Amazing, Ian. Like, yeah. okay, in, in the example about the car, car, mm -hmm. car wreck, do you like pull over and record like on your phone a note or something? Or like, like how do you just kind of keep that thought? You must have I those didn't, I, I thought about, usually I'll like, I'll jot down in my notes on my phone. Um, just like, what, the, what actually I jotted down was this person's license plate number. Um, photo super zoom in. in in retrospect that was a little creepy for the song i i use a, a slightly different license plate number um, i think you were going for like a like a jenny t tommy to tone that 80 song with the phone That's number uh, uh, yeah i i see i see what you were trying to yeah i got you exactly exactly so usually i'll jot down the idea um i used to jot down mostly hooks you know natural is very hook based town where you get this like this great turn of phrase at the end of the chorus and everyone's like, aha. Um, but that doesn't seem to work for me quite as well. Um, so I usually write down like, this happened. It made me feel like this. Talk about it later. Cause I was on my way when I was sitting in traffic next to this person, I was on my way to a, to a gig downtown. Nice. So I didn't have time to write anything at the, at the time. Nice dude. Dude, you're, I, I knew how taunted you were. I had no idea you were so funny. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm cracking up. Yeah, man. Um, let me ask you, we talked about Avi Anderson. You've opened for some of the biggest names in the country. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty great. You know, what are some live moments, Ian, especially now that you finally have a chance to stop because you've been touring a lot, um, where you kind of like, you've had a chance to breathe and you look around and you say, man, I can't believe that show or I can't believe that show. Like it gave you goosebumps and it, like mm -hmm. you think about it. Yeah, I, I love the Abby Anderson show was my, my first like really big show. A lot of I, I did a lot of uh, touring and stuff kind of as a sideman because I play a lot of instruments. And so I was sideman and doing 
backup vocals right. and stuff like that. But Abby Anderson was the first like big show I had as an artist. Um, and that got hooked up by this guy, Zach Kuhn and Backboard Entertainment. Um, they're, it's a great, great group of promo dudes. Um, and it was, it was awesome. People, you know, playing to a new audience that did not know anything about me. Um, and I got to really kind of break into, you know, my live sound is my first, one of my, one of my earliest, um, big like shows of my own yeah. with a band. Yeah. Um, so I got to like, all right, let's plan out the whole thing. Um, you know, we're going for this kind of pop punk sound while still staying in the country vein. Um, and just kind of designing that was, was great. Um, and I'm excited to, I was playing, I was working on, you know, the summer tour plans when everything kind of shut down. Um, uh, yeah, man. So, Actually, let me ask you about that. Let me ask about, you know, um, we didn't really talk about the pandemic. Like, what were you doing, like, around that time? Late February, early March, which seems like an eternity ago. Eternity um, ago. Like, what, you were, what was your outlook for the year? And, like, when did you realize, holy shit, like, this is, like, a real thing? Like, mm -hmm. what was your moment? So, I, um, in, in February, I had, I, you know, was still kind of, you know, kind of coming up, but not like a whole lot was happening, but I got a spot to play at CMA Fest. And it was my first year playing at CMA Fest and I was so excited. Um, and then of course CMA Fest didn't happen. And then I, we had the, the awful tornado in Nashville, which yeah. was rough. Yeah. And Were you a, there? Were you there for that? I was there for that, but I was in West Nashville. So my, okay. my home was unaffected, thankfully. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I played a, a showcase later that week. Um, which just felt strange in general to be, you know, playing a show when people were out of their house and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and then the next week, everything shut down. And I was like, oh, I really don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah. But the great thing about that, well, I mean, obviously none of that was great. But luckily right, for me, right, right. I was able to continue to write and produce and do stuff out of my house during all that time. Um, and, you know, go move to social media yeah. Um, do a lot of live streams um, of doing a lot of stuff on TikTok, yeah. uh, which has been going well and has really helped grow my Spotify base and stuff like that um, as well. So it was, uh, it's definitely jarring and the whole thing feels out of whack, but luckily it's not like a grinding halt. I get to just move in other ways. Yes. Yes. I feel like a lot of like uh, artists have kind of adapted after the initial shock, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you didn't really have like an album cycle uh, Correct. going on, which is, which was, which was a part of it. Ian, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've been so, so generous with your time, dude. This, this has been so fun, man. What, what plans do you have for the rest of the year? I guess we don't know what's going on with the virus, but like, are you going to keep working on your, on your home mixing skills, live streams in uh, online shows? What's going on? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's hard, certainly hard to plan shows at the moment. Um, while I would love to be doing that, uh, it's, it feels, you know, very risky to do so. And I also don't want to, you know, put on a show and ask people to come out away from safety, you know, put people in a vulnerable position yeah. in order to just be like, look at me, especially when I can do that on, you know, on social media with live streams and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been doing three or so live streams a week through TikTok and Instagram. Right. Um, I'm going to continue your, to do what's that. Your, what's your TikTok um, username, um, Ian? At, at, at Ian McConnell Music. Same at Ian McConnell Music. Perfect. Okay. Um, 
so plan is to continue that. I'm going to continue to release a song every month. Um, I've got a great collaboration coming up at the end of the year, which I'm very excited about. Um, surprise. 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 Ah, yeah. Not, right, and that's right. not, not ready yet. It's not <laughs> okay. Shown, okay. But it's, it's, I think it's going to be really great. Um, continue to work on the mix. Um, hopefully get some more collaborations going on. Keep building up that audience so that, you know, when things open up, whenever that is, I've got, you know, this audience ready to go to shows. Oh, yeah, man. Excited to see me and know my music and stuff like that. Dude, you have the right idea on. We can't wait to see you, man. Can't wait to see you perform. You. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been fun. Thanks so, thanks so, thanks so much for your time, dude. Like, Thank you, like Jamie. I, said, I, um, I wish you all the best. I, and I, oh, you're just getting started, man. And, and I, I can see the future for you. And it's very bright and beautiful future with a lot of trophies and a lot of screaming fans fainting outside the venues <laughs> thank you yeah man all right take care thank you okay, so much bye, Jamie. thank you all right you've been listening to j-rod concerts the podcast with jamie rodriguez